Welcome to the Anything Goes Podcast, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And as you can tell from the title, it says Solo Show because I love alliteration and I'm actually writing solo. Yeah, this is going to be a little different because I don't have any guests with me today. It is purely just me. And the reason why I'm doing this and why this show is going to be a little bit shorter than usual is because I don't have anybody else to to bounce ideas off of or a conversation to be built off of anything. But I didn't want to go too long without any new content going up for my podcast. And since my usual guests are very busy right now, we're all getting really busy at the end of the summer. Who would have thought things are starting to actually become a little busy for us because most of us have multiple jobs or our lives that are outside of podcasting, just being busy in general, trying to get the last slight little bits of vacation and trying to enjoy summer before it actually officially ends and fall begins. And I am busy with a bunch of other projects coming up, and I have a few short films that I'm in, in the process of making right now. So I don't want to go too long without a new episode, so it's going to be a little different. I apologize if this goes on too long and it's a little bit rambly, but um, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about three movies, because last week... Uh, by the time I record this, because this is August 22nd, 2017, when I'm recording this, last week I actually got to the theater three times. And three movies that I saw are in alphabetical order is Annabelle Creation, Batman Harley Quinn, and Logan Lucky. And I'm going to be talking about those three movies, um, doing a quick review of each of those movies on this episode, be- just to get my thoughts and opinions on these cinematic experiences out there. I know that sounded very pretentious there, I apologize. And since most of these are very, very new, and two of them are still in the theaters, and one that just came out on Blu-ray, uh, this is my spoiler-free uh, feelings about it right now. Annabelle Creation, a uh, fine and awesome addition to the Conjuring universe. I say go see it. Batman Harley Quinn, um, rent it if you feel like it. Logan Lucky, go support independent film, and if you like Ocean's Eleven, you like comedy, and you like kind of kind of a, a goofy crime, or a caper, I should say, a caper movie, uh, I say go see it. But I'm, in order to really express myself how I feel about these movies, I need to get into spoiler ter- territory right now, so I'm going to jump over the spoiler wall. So let's jump into my reviews of Annabelle Creation, Batman, Harley Quinn, and Logan Lucky right now. <laughs> So, like I said before, I'm going to be doing this in alphabetical order just to keep everything nice and fair. So, we're going to be starting with Annabelle Creation. And before we even get to that, let me get to the first Annabelle movie because technically this is a prequel of a prequel. Yes, a prequel within a prequel, prequel Inception sound. Yeah, because I'm lame like that. And so, I remember seeing the first Annabelle movie a couple years ago, and it was an interesting experience when uh, when it came out because I'm like, 
I was such a huge fan of The Conjuring. Like, oh, this is a prequel to that? Like, well, of course I'm going to go see that. And so, and the first Annabelle came out. And I remember my girlfriend at the time took me to go see it in 2014. And like, like no, like we really, we should go. We should go see this. Let's, let's do this now. Let's go. I'm like, all right, fine. So we go. We see the movie. And I thought it was not that great. It had like the one good sequence in it that I thought was really enjoyable was the elevator sequence, like halfway through the movie, that I found actually really scary and very suspenseful. That's like the one thing I liked about it. Everything else was like, oh, this is all right, not too great. It's kind of a step down from the quality of what James Wan did with The Conjuring. Um, and then, of course, like outside this universe, the two Insidious movies previously, and then he would later go on to do The Second Conjuring. And so I was like, the first Annabelle movie I was not so hot on. And I was kind of bitchy about it going back to my house as she drove us back. And I realized something was a little odd when I get to my door. And I open the door and surprise! Literally, there was a surprise party being thrown for my birthday that day. And the reason why we went to see the movie at that precise time is to get me out of the house so everybody could set up the surprise party for me. So I was like, and I felt really bad about it because I was so pissant e the entire ride home was like man i didn't like it it wasn't good as a county and my, my girlfriend was just like just like god like i should do it i should i shouldn't bring you home because you don't deserve the surprise party because you're just being a little bitch right now so i apologize for that and so when i heard annabelle creation was coming out like a prequel prequel i'm like oh i don't know about this because of the lukewarm reception i gave to the first annabelle movie i was like all right Maybe it'll be interesting. Who knows? But then when I found out who directed it is David F. Sandsberg, who did Lights Out uh, in 2016. I was like, huh, okay. And when I saw Lights Out, I was like, all right, something very unique about a supernatural creature that can only exist in darkness. I mean, who is not afraid of the dark in one fashion or another, whether you're as a kid or as an adult? Some people still are. And so something that can only exist in darkness and the only way to save yourself is with light. I think that was a really interesting concept. I thought the performances were really strong. It made me jump. I was like, okay, lights out. You did your job well. And I'm like, he signed on to do animal creation. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm all for this. So let's go. Let's watch this. Let's let's get to it. And even before, and so first trailer comes out, I'm like, all right, it's, I'm like, all right, it's obviously a prequel for prequel. So it's set a few decades previous. I'm like, okay, cool. I like the cast that's, that's assembled for him. I'm like, all right, fine. And then I found out through a posting on David F. Sandberg's Vimeo account because he got his start making short films and was discovered because of his movies that he made for like Vimeo and YouTube. And like the Lights, the Lights Out short film became viral, which eventually got him the deal with New Line Cinema, and they expanded upon that idea into a feature film, which he made. And due to the success of that movie, he got the job for Annabelle Creation. And so I don't know if it was his idea or New Line Cinema, but like he decided to create a contest of short filmmakers, a short film um, competition made by filmmakers. And the idea is to make a short film in the vein of Conjuring or the Annabelle movies and like within the Conjuring universe. And it was called My Annabelle Creation. And the grand prize winner would be either an interview with him or it was like it was a... It was a trip out to New Line Cinema to meet with an executive to discuss probably future plans and possibly a job with them. And so when I heard about this, I'm like, all right, I've done a few horror movie competitions in the past, as well as like two 15-second horror movie challenges that I've done for the uh, promotion of the same name this year. So I'm like, you know what? Fine. I got an idea for this. 
wrote out the idea quickly, typed that up, got everybody together, and so I made my own version of like a short movie that could exist within the Conjuring universe called Jack, and about a woman gets up uh, late at night to get a glass of water, but it ends up being stalked by a possessed uh, Jack in the Box, which I got off eBay from like a 1971 old clown Jack in the Box from Mattel. That was super creepy, and the hinge didn't always work. So first night I had it, I'm like, oh, like this is really cool. This is going to be perfect. And I put the Jack in the Box in my room. Later on, I'm making waffles. I'm about to rewatch Suicide Squad, and I'm just I'm, I'm making waffles for myself because I want waffles at night because who doesn't like breakfast at night? Breakfast for dinner, I should say. So I'm buttering up the waffles, and I hear the pang. The Jack in the Box opens on its own. I'm like, all right, that's not creepy whatsoever. And so the shoot comes, and uh, luckily my sister and uh, her husband were gracious enough to let us shoot in their house. I've shot in their house before, and I thank uh, my cast and crews, uh, Sarah Lee Taylor, for, for acting it, uh, Dakota Wiegand for helping, as well as uh, Lauren Hoffman for behind-the-scenes help for the short. And cut that together, and I put that out, and I'm like, I wasn't happy with it. I'm like, ah, oh, I could have done this so much better, yada, yada, yada. Turns out it was my biggest hit on my YouTube channel, and a lot of people said it's like probably one of my best things I've ever made. So it goes to show you that just because you don't feel hot on something, that you don't um, don't doubt you. Like, of course, like there's doubting yourself and everything, but like at least try and just go for it and swing for the fences. Like, still make it. Don't let that kind of initial feelings of like I don't know if I should be doing this stop you in any way, because. What's the worst thing you have? Like, the worst thing you have is, like, you don't make it, you don't express yourself. And, like, all right, you make it, you put it out there, not as received as you want, but at least it's out there and it's done, it's complete. Like, all right, I know I made my mistakes with this. I can improve upon it next time around. That's what I try and do with all my short films. I made over 30 of them at this point. So, and I was like, all right, set that out. And it was funny. I was, ta- I was talking with uh, uh, the host of, Hey, do you remember Chris, if you listen to that podcast? Um, and him and I actually were talking because I sent him a, like a thank you email. And he's like, like can, I pro- can I promote any stuff on our page? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the short film I made for this competition. Like, I made one for that, too. I'm like, what? And I remember seeing his on there, not putting two and two together. And watched his. His was awesome. He was a little down on it. I'm like, no, yours was really good, dude. Yours was really creative. And you should really share that with people. Turns out neither of us won. Somebody else won the competition but i'm not upset about that like at least i tried a lot of people liked it i think i like i was like all right i start feeling a little more confident in my own work so i'm like okay cool and and started like uh, at least like a, a virtual like friendship between chris from hey do you remember and i up so i'm like i'm happy about that but let's get to the movie annabelle creation itself and before i actually get to the movie like the story and everything like that i gotta talk about the experiences i had in the movie theater itself um I went, like, early last Saturday uh, afternoon, and it's maybe, like, 15 people in the theater, because it's, it's, like, a 1 o'clock showing, and it was kind of, like, crappy. I was, like, you figured more people would be in there, but it was, like, a bunch of, like, teenagers in the back of the theater and a few people throughout, and, like, in my row, there's, like, a mother and, like, her 10-year-old son going to see it, and I'm, like, and I was, like, do you know what? That mother's doing the right thing, exposing your kid to horror movies at a young age and everything, just to... And she's willing to take him to go see it. I think that's good parenting. That, I'm not being facetious whatsoever. I genuinely feel like horror movies are good for young kids because it's like 
it builds you up to like being with the, I believe it can be able to handle like intense situations and it's awesome to get scared. At least I feel like that. The only problem about the screening was that for a while, the kids in the back row were just like talking back to the screen, like, Oh my God, there's that blah, 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 blah. And just like yelling stuff out and trying to be funny. And I'm like, all right, all right, you douchebag, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. Just, you're not funny. Your shit's not clever. And your shit does stink. I'm sorry. It got to the point that the mother I mentioned before, she got up and went to the front desk to complain about it. And Usher came back, told him to shut up, which they did, thankfully. If that mother wasn't about to do it, I was two steps away from doing it myself. Because I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like oh, sure, I was, I was at age two. I'm like, I'm not too long. I'm not too separate from that. And I'm just, but even then I was, I would never be that rude to anybody or, or anything of that nature. The only time I ever talk back on the screen or have like a kind of a conversation with somebody is that like, if I'm going to a cult movie screening, we've all seen, and we're all part of having a, a rah, rah, raucous, raucous time with it. So I'm like, when I saw RoboCop, everybody's yelling back at the screen and quoting along with it and cheering and clapping as it goes along because we're all here for this experience and we've all seen this movie and we're just loving every moment of it. Not a new movie you've never seen before. So, anyway, Annabelle Creation tells the story of these uh, orphans who are taken into the this uh, the care of her husband and wife named the Mullins. And we find out that the original Annabelle doll uh, was constructed by the father. And, and kind of like in the image of their daughter, uh, B. their daughter died rather suddenly um, uh, due to a... A auto accident, actually, it's just they were a traffic collision, in the words of Hot Fuzz. And in order to kind of like, kind of bring life into the house, they they opened their house up to these orphans who were looking for a home, or at least a place to stay until they get adopted. And so, two little girls discover the Annabelle doll and find out that it is possessed, and the all kinds of scary stuff that ensues of them being stalked and targeted by this. Um, demonic spirit and it's kind of like the story of like how Annabelle got her name and everything and such and so forth and one of the best parts about this is that the like children actors can be hit or miss you can go either way with them it could be great or terrible there are filmmakers who bring great performances out of children Steven Spielberg being a perfect example of that you look at E.T. or Hook Um, Dick Donner with Goonies is another prime example and David Sandsberg brought David F. Sandsberg brought a great brought great performances out of these young actors because like it could have good and easily just been like really grading like oh god I want I want the spirit to kill all these kids because I don't I can't stand them it wasn't like that uh, this in this kind of movie but you you all in for them and you all want to make sure they all got out so I thought that was awesome the scares was awesome. Uh, I mean, I jumped several times. There were a few times I had to bring like, my hands up close to my eyes. So I'm like, all right, I know I'm going to be scared, but I'm just going to prepare myself. And my phone rings and shut up. That is a telemarketer. I apologize, people. Uh, so, well, my favorite scene, my, my favorite scene in the movie is that the main character um, is, has been, she has gotten polio, but like she is working her way through it. And so she does have, a leg in her brace and uses like a cane to get around. And, but she, the, the house is staying and has a staircase and 
like, all right, maybe I should stay downstairs. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a motorized wheelchair that kind of go that runs like on a rail system up and down the stairs, like that you'd see in houses like that today. If somebody is um, physically inhibited from going up and down stairs, and so I knew because it's really slow and, and like very creaky and like clangy as it goes. I'm like, all right, that's going to be part of a set piece later on. Turns out it is because later on in the movie, the main character is trying to get away from the spirit, jumps on the chair and tries to go downstairs with the chair and it's working. And all of a sudden spirit is like, no, 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 I'm not having that bullshit. And comes to have it sending flying back up. Not like in the vein of like the gremlins or anything, or gremlins where the old lady is shot out of the house because it's the automated, the automated wheelchair has been like, uh, souped up and she goes flying out the window. That was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, Annabelle Creation, if you're a fan of horror movies, if you're a fan of like these kind of the conjuring and like movies like Insidious made by James Wan, you will love this. Um, probably one like the only cons like about the movie itself was that like it was just the people I dealt with in the theater. I didn't have any problems with the movie. And since this is a prequel of a prequel, this does have like almost like a Rogue One baton handoff at the end of the movie, which leads into the first Annabelle movie, which I thought was really interesting. And I was curious how they were going to do that, if they were going to even acknowledge the first movie whatsoever. So yeah, and now director is going on to move, go on to make the uh, Suzanne movie for DC uh, uh, films. And so I'm curious to see what he's going to bring about that. And I'm happy for him. I'm so happy for his success. And speaking of DC Comics, let's talk about Batman Harley Quinn. <sighs> I mean, what can I say about this? The story of Batman Harley Quinn is that Poison Ivy, and, along with um, another villain, very much, very similar, like, I, I can't even, like, remember the character's name off the top of my head because it's that, not to say he's forgettable, but he's known for... Um, being a villain with a Swamp Thing, or against Swamp Thing, I should say. And I'm trying to think what's... Batman and Harley Quinn. Beep, beep, beep. So, I heard about this through the Fathom events because... I actually went to the Fathom events, the one-night screening in theaters. And I'm like... Because I saw the killing joke in that event. Wasn't a fan of that movie. That's why I didn't go see Return of the Cape Crusaders. I was like, oh... And I was upset about that because I really enjoyed Batman and Return of the Cape Crusaders. So I was like, you know what? I should go see this just to support it. And so it's Poison Ivy and Floronic Man. I'm sorry, people. I got that. I got the name mixed up. And the whole plan is for they want to transform people into plants using uh, chemistry and plant biology based upon like what turned Swamp Thing into Swamp Thing. And so you know, the Batman and Nightwing realize like there's nobody who knows poison ivy better than harley quinn so they recruit her in order to help track her down in order to stop her and so that's the basic plot of it the, the pros i'd say about this movie is that i enjoy uh the voice acting from i was a little concerned that it would not be the traditional actress doing uh harley quinn but um so we had uh, um uh melissa raunch like a a r a u c h uh from the big bang theory uh portraying Harley Quinn this time around. We have Ken Conroy as Batman. We have Lauren Lester as Nightwing and so on and so forth. And so I think their voice, and I was concerned about that um, Melissa's um, performance of Harley Quinn would not be up to the standard that I've come to used to with the Batman animated series and the Arkham games. So 
that was in the back of my mind going into this, and I didn't want to be too judgmental because I'm like, I remember I had that kind of feeling the first time I saw Batman Under the Red Hood because I'm like, oh, it's not Mark Hamill's Joker, but I, I learned to accept that Batman and Joker in the movie, and I love that movie. That's my second favorite uh, DC anime movie behind Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. If you listen to the Holy Batcast review of it and how I gushed about that movie, you can tell why I really enjoy that movie. And so... Their voice acting was really solid. I, I enjoyed their performances. Uh, what they were saying sometimes I was not a fan of. But another thing I really enjoyed about this movie is that there is, like I said, there's a spoiler territory. Um, they at one point go to find a former henchman of Poison Ivy's at this watering hole in between Gotham and Bloodhaven. And it's like all, it's a who's who of, of henchmen that you see in the Batman anime series. You have, you have the Ginger Twins from, from the Two-Face episode. You had... Captain Clown, you have so many others. You have Rhino from Read My Lips in there. And so it was like, it was cool as a fan of the DC uh, AU, just like, oh, I know that person and that person and that person. I remember from this, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there are actually two musical numbers through that, through that scene. Like, you could question, like, why do you have two musical numbers back, back to back? But it is what it is. Um, and I enjoy, like, Harley Quinn does a cover of, uh, um, Hanging on the Telephone by Blondie, which I really enjoyed, even though, like, the kind of how she she strut, how she did her kind of a strutting through that song was a little uh, problematic, which just kind of gets to the point that I have the problems with the movie, is like, I understand it's PG-13, and somebody brought up the fact that it's kind of like going for, like, a, the Deadpool audience, like, it's trying to be a little bit raunchy, and it's like, it's, it's a little more cursing, it's more sexually overt, and I'm like, I like, I'm an adult. I have no problem with like sexy things or, or whatsoever, but I'm just like within the context of this movie and with this animation style, it just felt really uncomfortable. Like Harley Quinn having sexual relationship with uh, Deadshot and Assault on Arkham, I didn't have a problem with because I knew the kind of story that was going in, as well as the animation style was a little more adult. So I'm like, okay, whatever, I can get used to that. Or how Margot Robbie's uh, performance of Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad movie was very promiscuous, you could say. So I'm like, okay, I can get used to that. I have no problem because it, within con- with it, cause it worked within context. For this, though, it was a little weird because I'm like, all right, we have the Batman the anime series style animation, yet we're telling this very adult story. And it's like, it seems like it's trying to be adult. It's trying to be edgy. And I'm like, I just... It's failing on so many parts, and like, there's one point where Nightwing is tied up to Harley Quinn's bed, and she jumps his bones, and I'm like, all right, whatever. There, there are two consenting adults and everything like that, but it was just like it was just so titillating leading up to it and everything. It's like didn't need to be that explicit, but I'm not saying I'm a prude or anything, but it was just something. I don't know. I just felt I'm like, uh, I feel like you're trying too hard. It's just feeling like, oh, this is something they'll like. Or just trying to be t- trying to be titillating for the creators, like ah, it's like it only seems like really bad Reddit fan fiction that's been brought to life by Warner Brothers Animation, ah, as well as like the the animation itself was not that great. It was kind of like bland a little bit. And one of the best things about the animated series is that like they'll have the characters move around and move throughout the scene, so the, it felt very dynamic, and like each scene would be on the move. Like there's one scene where. Batman's at Argus speaking to a, a high-ranking officer, and they both just stand there and just keeps cutting back and forth between, like, over-the-shoulders and singles of each character. I'm like, this is 
it's all exposition too. My God, this is dragging on and on and on. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, can we move it on, please? Ugh. And then Swamp Thing shows up at the end. You think he's going to be the one to help stop the Floronic Man from destroying Earth? No, he just comes up, says some pithy things, and goes back to the Earth. And you're like, even the characters are like, you like, are you fucking kidding me? But I'm like, just having the characters address that does not make it null and void. If you wanted to have Swamp Thing and make him somewhat active in it, don't just show him up in the beginning, pay him off later by having him come up saying, what you're doing is bad, but I will not intervene, and then just fuck off for the rest of the 90 seconds left in the movie. I thought it was total bullshit. It's funny that they set Floronic Man on fire. That's how they stopped him. Even though we don't see it, it ends with, like, he is, he is made of leaves. Batman lights a match, cut the credits. And I'm like, is that it? Really? Are you fucking kidding me? So that aggravated me. And so Batman and Harley Quinn, I... If, you, if you're a completionist, watch it. Otherwise, skip it. <sighs> so, leads me to my final movie that I'm talking about. Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky starring Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, Katie Holmes, Hilary Swank. And it's about these West Virginian people and dealing with how Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum is split up with his wife, played by Katie Holmes. He's down on his luck, gets fired from his job. And has to provide for his daughter and realizes, you know what? I can rob the racetrack because I was a former construction worker and I was working on construction at the racetrack. And it comes up with the idea to rob the racetrack on a kind of a quiet day, but ends up being the date had to be moved to the busiest day at said racetrack. Recruits his brother, uh, played by Adam Driver, who's a one handed uh, bartender. Joe Bang, played by Daniel Craig. And. It's funny because it's very in the same vein of like the Oceans movie because Steven Soderbergh uh, directed this, the Ocean franchise, Oceans 11, 12, and 13. And it kind of brings that kind of mentality to it. And the one reason why I really enjoy this movie, or at least even like the initial ideas about it when I first heard it was coming out, like doing totally independently. And Steven Soderbergh is one of those people who he. He's written and directed in the past. He sh- he's his own cinematographer and editor for most of the time under the under under pseudonyms, and it's kind of like what I kind of do on my small scale. But he does it on a much bigger scale and does it with such great effect. That's something I could, I try to aspire to be. And it, we have another person credited as the writer for this movie, but even Chris Stuckman, uh, YouTube uh, reviewer, has brought up the fact that maybe Soberg wrote this. And it's quite possible. And one of the best things I love about this is that there's a solid acting from everybody. And so this takes place in the South in the United States and like from West Virginia and in North Carolina and in North Carolina. And it's, it's funny to see these people having that kind of draw accents to their characters and everything, especially Daniel Craig, because you just, you expect James Bond from him at this point. And having this kind of like this kind of I don't want to use this term like it comes like a hillbilly voice throughout. I know it's a I apologize. I take that back. This has that he sounds like a real southerner is very funny. Even when he's speaking, just trying to be very serious. It's having the context of that. Whatever he does is even funny. And then when he's trying to be funny and he's trying to laugh it up, it's even more funny. Now it's not like one of those like raucous companies that you'll just every moment you're laughing. It's like, 
periodically just have that moment. It's like, oh, that's really funny, and you giggle to yourself. And it's a good heist movie. I mean, this is the second great heist movie I saw this year, along with uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. So um, it has a, like, if you like the Ocean's Eleven movies, you'll enjoy this. Like, the only, like, I guess, uh, oh, going back to Batman and Harley Quinn, I forgot, I'm looking at my notes for you here. Favorite scene is Harley Quinn uh, singing Blondie. Look back to Logan Lucky. Um, everybody brings it. Everybody brings their A game to it. It is very funny. Uh, my favorite scene is probably because like throughout the movie, uh, Channing Tatum's daughter is getting ready for a pageant, a beauty pageant, and she has the part of the talent show aspect of it that she has to sing a song. Earlier on, she's introduced to the song "Country Roads" by by John Denver, but she decides like, "Oh, I'm going to sing uh, Umbrella" by Rihanna. And her father has been so kind of trying to be there for her, but can't because of he's been pulling in so many different directions. He can't concentrate, can't give his attention to her. By the end of the movie, he does make it to the patch of right about, right about when she's about to sing. She switches up the song and sings Country Roads, and it's beautiful. It's heartwarming. And Chan Tatum has a great performance just, just reacting to that, as well as Katie Holmes, who's like just like mad at first, but then starts to just really get taken taken aback by this because of how beautiful this moment is that like a daughter expressing her love for her father it's it's wonderful i guess that like the cons of this movie would be is that if you're maybe like some kind of like the southern humor that you may not be a fan of or these kind of characters that you may be like oh these are a little boring or it's something that's not right for you or if you're not a fan of the oceans movies which is quite possible i mean they're not like Moves are subjective, and this is why we have menus at restaurants. But if you like this kind of movies and you're looking for a good, lighthearted comedy that's also a heist movie, I definitely suggest checking out Logan Lucky, especially the fact that this is an independent feature uh, being put out in major theaters around uh, America. And so it's, so many people complain that there's no, many, no original ideas coming out of Hollywood, like, like, oh, it's just sequels, reboots, and comic book movies. Here is an opportunity for an independent feature that is original being put out major in major markets throughout America. And you say you want to see independent cinema, you want to see original stories, well, put your money where your mouth is, go see this movie. Like it or dislike it, support the system, support those kind of artists who are trying to express themselves like this. You want, if it, this is a success, more people will try it, more movies will come, and you'll get more varied entertainments. So yeah, that is my wrap-up of Logan Lucky. I hope you've enjoyed this little quick podcast here. Um, there'll be more new content coming from the show very soon. I saw, I am sorry if I stumbled over a few words because this is a little different from bouncing off somebody normal normally and having a conversation, but now I'm just sitting here by myself uh, talking to myself. That's, that's chaos theory. And so if you want to follow me on social media, social media you can follow me on Twitter at TimothyRooney2. Follow me on Instagram at trooney1012 and my YouTube and Facebook page under the same banner of Through the Lens Productions where my latest short film, Jack, is up for that was made for the My Annabelle creation. Uh, I hope everybody's enjoyed this. Uh, and if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, um, uh, subscribe to the show. Also listen to us on SoundCloud. And thank you for listening, guys. And we'll have a new episode coming at you that will be more traditional like it'll be a review of one movie and such with people 
because I don't think um, many, many people want to hear solo shows, solo shows by me. My list came back there for a second. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.